0: everybody and welcome to another episode of Kaiju Carnage. I am your host, Cal the Kaiju Guy. And today I'm doing a very special episode. It is a birthday request episode from one Zilla Gamer. He is one of my uh, Irish listeners. His father reached out to me and was saying that he was going to be turning eight years old at the end of this month. And that he put in a request that I do final wars <clears throat> to air today, July thirtieth, and all of that. And so I happily obliged. So, Zilla Gamer, happy birthday, buddy! And I hope you enjoy your own special episode and all of that. And yeah, so here we go. Let's uh, let's just jump into it. Um, <clears throat> now I. I, I very much have a love-hate relationship with, uh, with Final Wars. Uh, I've, I've told people before that uh, Final Wars is pretty much the, the dawn of justice of Godzilla movies to me. There are parts of it that I really, really loved. There are parts of it that I really cannot stand. Like, it's just... Uh, there's no in-between. But, <clears throat> unfortunately, to me, the movie like for a large portion of it, is extremely dull and boring. So I do not watch the film all that often. And so I watched it uh, prior to recording this episode, as I do with all of the movies that I'm going to be covering. And I was like, maybe my opinion's changed. You know, it's been a good many years. I'm talking like maybe eight, nine years since I saw the film. Maybe my opinion has changed. Let's check it out. And so I watched it. And I can absolutely assure you, my opinion has not changed. <laughs> like, I still I still find chunks of the movie to be boring beyond all reason. Um, A huge chunk of the human drama is very unnecessary to me. And very, like, it's just, I'm not interested. I'm not interested at all. And I've told people that before, whenever it comes to me watching a kaiju film or Godzilla, King Kong, anything like that, nine times out of ten, I do not give a flying hoot about what's going on with the human side of the story. I'm not there to watch humans. I'm not there to see their drama. I'm not here to see their story or whatever. I walk into a kaiju movie for the kaiju and for the action. And unfortunately, for a huge chunk of this movie, the kaiju action is severely lacking. And it's mostly just drama from this, in my own opinion, like very Matrix-inspired human drama story... And I'm just like, you know, if I wanted to watch The Matrix, I would watch The Matrix. But, <laughs> you know, that, but that's just me. I, I view the human side of this film as a combination of <clears throat> uh, The Matrix and a film starring Christian Bale called Equilibrium. Um, because it, it also, you know, and mainly I'm talking about like... Um, you know, the the main character's pretty much wearing all black leather and being like, that's, you know, part of like the Matrix. And then with Equilibrium, it's like the good guys, there's this special task force that's better trained and better than the average soldier and all of that kind of stuff. That's where the Equilibrium stuff comes in. But then there's just a lot of stuff, a lot of nods to the Matrix in this film, uh, such as just the overall setting of it and like the lighting kind of reminds me of The Matrix. Um, again, just a solid black leather. All the good guys, all the bad guys very much has a Matrix vibe to me. Um, there, There's a scene where like involving a motorcycle chase, which the motorcycle chase scene, you know, you could say like was inspired by The Matrix 2 because there was a whole motorcycle... Uh, sequence in that but uh you know there's a part on there where like the two riders are shooting their guns at each other and it's in slow motion and they're like dodging the bullets and you can see like the a trail being left behind by the bullets again very Matrix uh you know vibe to that and then there's a part, there's two other parts that I'm like, okay, that's, I think that that was kind of pulled directly from the Matrix, is whenever all the bad guys shoot their guns at the good guys, and Homeboy just raises his hand and stops all of the bullets and everything, again, very, very similar to a Matrix scene, and then whenever, uh, homeboy, the main Exilian, the Kaiser, whenever he comes uh and tries to attack the protagonist of the film, and he's just doing like this very, like he has this very blank stare on his face and just very nonchalantly blocking the moves and everything like that, very much reminded me of whenever Neo unlocked his powers fully in the original matrix and Smith agent Smith came at him and was trying to attack him and all of that. And he's just very emotionless, like blocking the moves and all of that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it's just, I get a lot of matrix vibes from this movie and normally I would be okay with that because I love the matrix trilogy. I, I don't care what anybody says. I know a lot of people were like, they should have stopped at just one. No, no, no. To heck with you. Matrix 2 and 3 are good movies. I I don't care what you say. I don't care how much you try to argue it or try to fight it. I I love the Matrix trilogy. I will put that trilogy up against just about any other big name movie trilogy that there is. However, my favorite film trilogy of all time is The Lord of the Rings that was directed by Peter Jackson cuz I'm a big Tolkien fan. Um, The Hobbit, uh, well, you know, I like that trilogy, but it it pales in comparison to The Lord of the Rings as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I will put um, The Matrix trilogy up against any of the Star Wars trilogies, any of the trilogies that's been done in the MCU or DC Comics or anything like that. Like, I love The Matrix. So it's very weird that I see a movie that seems to borrow heavily from the Matrix. And overall, I'm just kind of like, you know, whatever. Because uh, a lot of it, in my opinion, like I said earlier, is like if I wanted to watch the Matrix, I would just simply watch the Matrix. And also the other thing is that the Matrix just does it better. The special effects are better. The characters are better. You're more invested in what's going on with their story and all that. And there's not like this massive kaiju theme that's looming over the movie in the matrix like when you go in to watch the matrix you're expecting like okay i'm fully invested into the human drama i want to see the action i want to see the fights i want to find out like what's going on like how this world was created you're fully involved and fully invested whenever it came to this film it's just like okay you guys seem to be borrowing from the matrix and that's all fine and dandy but get get past all this and get to the kaiju stuff. So the movie opens up with a really cool scene of them having a big battle with Godzilla. And you just see destruction and mayhem everywhere and all of that kind of stuff. And we get to see the suit that has been dubbed Final Goji. Like every uh, Godzilla suit has its own nickname. Uh, in the movies like the 1962 is King Goji because he went up against King Kong. So it's just a a combination of King Kong and Godzilla. So it's King Goji. And then there's uh, whenever he went up against Mothra, that's Masu Goji, which is a combination of the Japanese pronunciation of Mothra, which is Masura and Godzilla. So Masu Goji. And this one got the name final goji just simply they just took the final part out of the title and tacked goji onto the end of it and i'm not gonna lie for the longest time i did not care for this design of godzilla i i just didn't i i can't really put my neck my my finger on it i really can't um i wish i could but there was just something about it to where i'm like you know whatever i don't care like you know I just I don't care for the design the showa godzilla you know he went through so many different designs and all of that kind of stuff that you can almost look at the showa designs of godzilla as like their entire separate like thing there are certain designs that I absolutely love during the showa era I love the suit that they were using during the time of like Godzilla versus Megalon and Godzilla versus uh Mecha Godzilla and all of that I love the design that they use in Ebera Horror of the Deep like uh, love the 1962 version with uh, King Kong. Absolutely love the original version with 1954. Like you know, there there are so many different suits that I like and dislike. Whenever it comes to the Showa era, probably my least favorite of the Showa era is from Godzilla Raids Again or Gigantus the Fire Monster, as it was known here in the states. Um, I'm also not a big fan of. Like, from Son of Godzilla, I just, no. <laughs> like, I just, I don't care for that design. Um, but, you know, that's just me. The Heisei era, they all pretty much look almost the same. So, I just kind of look at the Heisei era as one bit, one long design, with the exception of the return of Godzilla that came out in 1984. And then, with the Millennium series, Godzilla changed drastically numerous times in that series first in godzilla 2000 we got like you know the pretty much quintessential millennium series godzilla that we know and love with the giant like just obnoxiously large dorsal spikes which i love i love the dorsals uh, like i know you guys uh, are probably tired of hearing me say it and everything but whenever it comes to godzilla designs and all of that One of the first things that I ask for, usually the first thing that I ask for, is what are the dorsals going to look like? I don't know why. I'm just a stickler for Godzilla's dorsals. I like the way that they look. I want them to look a certain way and all of that kind of stuff. And I love just how massive and jagged and spiky and all of that the Millennium Series dorsals are. And so we got that particular design for Godzilla 2000, Godzilla versus Megaguirus, and then we got, uh, you know, this title is always a mouthful, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. Like, we got that design, which I think looks really, really cool, but it's very, very different from the previous two designs that we got in the Millennium series. Which, I've got no problem with that. Like like I said, I really like that design. Then they go back to the design that they had with the first two films. With Godzilla against Mechagodzilla and then Godzilla Tokyo S.O.S. And so, a lot of people just kind of view the Millennium series, like the overall design of Godzilla, being that one. Because it appeared in four of like the six movies. And you know i love the design like i've done said a thousand times but um when it comes to final goji he's very very different he was much slimmer he was much like his thighs were smaller like the dorsals looked different i've got no problem with the dorsals but like the dorsals were very different they weren't near as massive and jagged and and all of that as we had seen in four other designs for the millennium series. And I just never really cared for it. I was like, how do you go? Like we went from a design that I absolutely adored to this other design to where I'm just kind of like, whatever. And I just never really gave a hoot about it. Now, what changed the things because time works wonders. And this is a very weird thing, but sometimes this happens. Like, and I'll use an, an example here uh, in a minute after explaining this. So we had not seen Final Goji since 2004 with this film, Final Wars. It was this suit's only appearance. It was this design's only appearance in Godzilla and all of that kind of stuff. Now, fast forward all the way to 2021. And for the anniversary of Godzilla vs. Hetera or Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster... Toho decided to do a short film that is only like five, six minutes long, something like that. And the suit that they used was the final Goji design. Well, one of them, there were two suits that were made. I'll get into all of that later on, but they bring this design back and I don't know, it was something like whenever I found out they were using this design, I was kind of like, okay, you know, that that's pretty cool, I guess. But whenever I actually watched the short and seeing the final Goji suit come back, it was kind of like seeing an old friend that I hadn't seen in a very long time. And, you know, like I, I sat there whenever he makes his first appearance, I just can't help but smile. And, you know, kind of like, welcome back, old friend. You know, and I watched the short and pretty much after the short, I've, I've been a fan of this design. Like I said, it's weird. I can't really explain it, but I have been a fan of this design ever since. So, <clears throat> um, with all of that out of the way, let's actually talk about what goes on in the movie and some of the decisions that were made as far as the film was concerned. Now, if I pr- mispronounce this guy's name, please forgive me. This film was directed by Ryuhei Kita Kid- Kidumura. I think that's how you say it. But, this was going to be the final Millennium Series film. And, it was not only was it going to be the final Millennium Series film, this was basically stated that this was going to be the final Godzilla film for at least a decade. Toho was planning on going on a hiatus. Um, the reason why they were going on a hiatus with Godzilla is because Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla as well as Tokyo SOS, did not perform in the box office the way Toho really thought that they should or thought that they would or anything like that. So it was one of those deals where it's like, we need to give Godzilla a break. We we need to wait a little while before doing anything else with Godzilla, which this is not something new that Toho had done. They had done the same thing at the end of the Showa era, Whenever uh, the Showa era was just falling apart left and right and all of that and not recouping, uh, you know, a whole lot of profits and not making a whole lot of sales as far as tickets were concerned. So they decided to go on a hiatus at the end of the Showa era. And after the final film, which was The Terror of Mecha Godzilla, you know, we did not get another Godzilla film until about a decade later. And then the Heisei era came and went, and whenever the Heisei era ended, Toho was originally going to say, okay, we're not going to do another Godzilla film for quite some time. They had signed a deal with Tristar for Tristar to do their own Godzilla trilogy, and they would pick up doing Godzilla films after the Tristar trilogy had come and gone. But with the reception that the 1998 Godzilla got, everyone pretty much started screaming that they wanted Toho to fix this. They wanted an an actual, like, legit Godzilla film to happen to make up for the garbage that they had just gotten from Tristar. And so Toho changed plans and decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and kickstart a new era in Godzilla films. And we'll just go ahead and keep going and all of that. And so that's what they did with the Millennium Series. That's how it ended up coming about. So the fact that they were going to stop making Godzilla films and they were going to take a break for about a decade, this was not a new concept. And we did not see Godzilla again until 10 years later in 2014, whenever Legendary's version of Godzilla came out kickstarting the MonsterVerse. We did not see a Toho version of Godzilla in live action until 2016's um, Shin Godzilla. So they stuck to their word by not doing any more Godzilla films. And so... They decided, okay, we're done. After this, we're going to take a break. This film was also going to be its 50th anniversary, the franchise's 50th anniversary. So they wanted to, you know, there was a whole number of things. Like, it was the 50th anniversary. They were taking a break from Godzilla and all of that for uh, a number of years. They wanted Godzilla to go out with a bang. Like, they wanted new design, as many monsters as they could possibly get a uh, brand new type of story and all of that kind of stuff. So they decided to pretty much go with um, with all of that. Now, so the director of the film, he was a diehard Showa era Godzilla fan. And he pretty much had stated in interviews or has stated in interviews, he did not like the Heisei era, nor did he like the Millennium era because he viewed them as just simply normal monster movies. Whereas with the Showa era, he always believed that there was a theme, there was a message that was in those Showa era films to where like, yeah, it's a monster movie, but at the same time, it's like, you know, the original film was anti-nuclear power. That's a good message to, uh, to broadcast to people. Uh, Godzilla versus Hedera was anti-pollution. Again, a very good message to, you know, broadcast out to people. The Heisei era and the Millennium era were very much lacking in messages and themes, and in his own words, they were just simply monster movies. And he didn't want that, so he wanted to bring back kind of like the feeling of the Showa era, and while it's never actually been stated that this is why, I think that's why a lot of, there's some moments in this film that's just, you know, kind of straight up ridiculous. Uh, one one scene in particular is whenever Angiris um, uses his new ability that's in this this film that he hasn't used in any other one, where he rolls up into a ball and he's able to bounce and destroy stuff and everything. And so he rolls into a ball and King Caesar kicks him like he's a soccer ball, and Final Goji like dives like he's a like a like he's a, a goalie trying to stop Anguirus from getting past him. And then there was the part where like Godzilla charges at one of the monsters and they clash. And then whenever you see Godzilla, like he's skidding to a stop and everything, the only thing that was missing was a tire screech effect, (laughs) you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's just, there's a few little ridiculous moments like that in this movie that I think absolutely fit well with the Showa era and... I believe that that's why those things were put in there. Now, the director, as far as his vision that was going to be for this movie, he likened this film and compared it to a musician's best of album. He wanted to have as many references to past monsters and past references, I mean, past films and all of that kind of stuff as he could possibly get. And that's why we got as many monsters in this film that we got, like, way more monsters than what was in, uh, Destroy All Monsters, which was another very ambitious film that was supposed to end the Godzilla franchise, and they wanted things to go out with a bang, and all of that kind of stuff, he pretty much wanted to have that same kind of feeling, so not only were we getting newer monsters, but we got the return of the Exilians, um, that had not been seen since, uh, Invasion of Astro Monster and they like, they wear the little very skinny glasses and all that kind of stuff, just like in Invasion of Astro Monster and all of that kind of stuff. So the alien species Exilians returned and a lot of the monsters that were returning were monsters that had not been seen for many, many years. Mind you, this film was made in 2004. So the monsters returning and the final year that they had shown up in a film I will also say, Angiris makes his first appearance since 1974, Rodan since 1993, Gigan since 1970, 1973, Manda and Kumanga since 1968, Kamakuras since 1969, Manila since 1969, hera since 1971, King Caesar since 1974. Uh, Eberra since 1966 and we also got the official Toho appearance of Zilla from the 1998 film. Well we can't really say it's that particular Zilla because he died at the end so I don't know if this was supposed to be Zilla Jr. that was found in the animated series, or if this is just another member of that species, like it's never really been stated. But anywho, this was the first live action appearance of Zilla from the Tristar Godzilla since 1998. Not near as long as some of the other ones, but still it's been a while. And Zilla did make an official Toho appearance in this film. Now, As far as King Goji is concerned, this was an entirely new suit, like I talked about before. It features multiple features from past designs of Godzillas and all of that. Some of the main differences between this particular design and some of the other designs is that the ears are much more prominent. He has smaller dorsals, which is very similar to the dorsals of the Showa era, which is one very like prominent like single uh, spike going down his spine and then some just very much smaller ones going up on the sides of it and all of that. Uh, The suit is overall slimmer. He has smaller arms. He has smaller legs. He has smaller thighs. He has a smaller torso. Like he's much more lean in this. Like whereas I would compare, directly compare to other Godzilla designs, I would say like think of a bodybuilder versus this particular uh, Gojira which was more like a marathon runner like very fit very lean like that's just the overall look that they they went with even the material that they used was different you know most of the time uh whenever they would make a new suit they would just use rubber and um rubber and latex and all that well they decided to go with a new material for this one they went with foam latex which made the film much more... I mean, the film. Which made the suit much more flexible. Like, the rubber and the latex was able to bend a little bit better. The suit actor was more maneuverable and all of that kind of stuff. And, most importantly, it was 40-plus pounds lighter than the other Godzilla suits that he had been in, that he had portrayed and all of that. He had compared... Being in the Godzilla suits of past Godzilla films and all that, he said, because of the tail dragging around, he said, picture walking around, but you're dragging a tire behind you and a little fat man is piggybacking on, on your back. Like, and basically that's what it was like wearing the Godzilla suits. And this one being much lighter and leaner, more maneuverable and all of that, it was a much better experience for him uh, being in, in this particular suit. Now, there were two suits that were made for this film. Uh, we got one suit naturally for just a lot of like the walking around and all of that and some of the roaring and all of that. There was a second suit that was made that looked a little bit different. Like the dorsals were just a little bit of a different color and, and all of that. And this suit was used for more of the action scenes. Like whenever he's actually, like on top of Monster X and punching him like with ground and pound and all of that kind of stuff because this film is more martial arts heavy than any other Godzilla film and that's the version like that suit was used for those particular scenes. That suit was also used whenever Godzilla got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame he got that star around the time, like, the same year that this movie was going to be coming out. And they installed, like, a little device inside of the uh, the suit's mouth to where it would blow smoke out of its mouth and all of that kind of stuff. So, like, th- this movie was supposed to be a big deal. 50th anniversary, taking a hiatus, Godzilla getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and all of that kind of stuff. They went all out, like, they decided to bring in... For the first time in Godzilla history, they had composers from outside of Japan coming in to score the movie. They had American and like Canadian bands coming in and doing songs for the soundtrack of the film and all of that kind of stuff. Like, they very much wanted to make this like a worldwide recognition type of movie instead of just, oh, this is just our little Japanese movie that we're doing and we want everybody else to stay out of it. They they knew what Godzilla meant to the people. They knew what Godzilla meant to the world and they wanted as much, you know, help making it as they possibly could and all of that. Um, <clears throat> so we got a different variation of Ghidorah in this film. Uh, he goes by the name of Kaiser Ghidorah. And he is like the apex evolutionary stage of another kaiju that comes down. His name is Monster X. I think he has a very cool design. I love the design of Monster X. Uh, SH Monster Arts uh, announced that they were going to be doing a figure on Monster X. And I I would very much like to get my hands on one. But uh, yeah, Monster X was really cool, very powerful. He proved to be the first monster in this film to have been able to go toe-to-toe with this particular incarnation of Godzilla. uh, Because this is like the most powerful, up until Shin Godzilla showed up, this was pretty much the most powerful version of Godzilla that Toho had done so far. And Monster X was the first monster that was like, okay, not only can I I hang with you, like I'm better than you kind of thing. And after... Monster X got taken care of because he got double teamed with Gigan and all of that kind of stuff. After uh, Monster X got taken care of, he evolved into Kaiser Ghidorah, which is one of my favorite versions of King Ghidorah. Um, I love the color design of him. If you want to hear me go into far more detail with Kaiser Ghidorah, just go way down. Like, Click on my podcast and scroll way down and go to my King Ghidorah Spotlight. I talk about all the different variations of Ghidorah that we've seen over the years and all of that, and Kaiser Ghidorah is one of them. That's why I'm not going to be talking about the design and how the suit was made and all of that kind of stuff in this episode. But yeah, I love Kaiser Ghidorah once again. Kaiser Ghidorah uh, keeps up the record that King Ghidorah has over Godzilla, in which King Ghidorah is better. He is stronger, he is bigger, he is more powerful. And every single time they've had a one-on-one fight, King Ghidorah has come out on top. And the only reason that Godzilla usually beats him is because he gets outside help or there's some type of outside interference. And the interference in this one was that Ghidorah had him beat and was draining him of his energy. And then he was Godzilla was given a massive energy boost to the point to where he was more powerful than Kaiser Ghidorah. And he was able to defeat him. And so, yeah. Like, watching the movie again. After many years of not seeing it or anything like that. There there are still parts of it to where I'm like, this is dull. This is boring. Like, I, I'm not a fan <laughs> of this. But I will say the kaiju action is on point. And I thoroughly enjoy the film from the moment like the Exilians pretty much make it known that they're there to use the humans as their food source and all of that kind of stuff. From that moment on, I really, really enjoy the movie. But before that, you know, it's only a thing here and a thing there and all of that kind of stuff. For the most part, I'm just like, okay, come on, wrap this up. Like, go, go come on, this is dull, this is boring, or something like that. But as far as the kaiju action goes, I love this movie. I think they blended a lot of the music very, very well with this film, uh, with a lot of the action scenes and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, We got to see the return of Akira Takarada in this film, which he, you know, everyone knows he was the main protagonist in the original Godzilla film, and then he also made appearances in uh, Invasion of Astro Monster, Ebera Horror of the Deep, and all of that, like, so it was, it was good to get to see him return to the Godzilla franchise in this, and it, uh, it hits different whenever I was watching it this time around, now that, uh, Akira Takarada is no longer with us, and it's just, you know, whenever, every time he was on screen, I, I was just like, man, what a loss, you know, because he was, he he was one of a kind, and uh you know we're we're always uh us Godzilla fans are always going to miss him, but uh yeah, so all right, guys, that pretty much does it for godzilla final wars um well, one last thing before I go away, you know there whatever I talk about like there's a lot of things. I don't think I talked about this yet. There's a lot of things in the script that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think that this film was very poorly written as far as like dialogue goes and just trying to throw scenes in there when they could and how they could and all of that kind of stuff like filler scenes and stuff like that. And whenever I say like it wasn't really poorly, it was poorly written, it was one of those things to where it's like things would happen without any explanation whatsoever. Like, in the beginning of the film, we see, like, the final battle with, like, Godzilla and all that kind of stuff, and then there's a huge time jump, and we pretty much find out, okay, there are mutants in this film, they're enhanced, they're better than the average soldier, and the, the way that they are pretty much introduced is just simply, hey, there's mutants now, we got them. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, no explanation, no how did it happen, or or anything like that, it's just like, well, here they are, like, okay, we'll, we'll go with that, and uh, probably, like, the biggest, like, the, the way of, like, explaining something without explaining something is Akira Takarada's character, whenever he's in the plane at the beginning, and, you know, he, quote-unquote, dies because something hits his plane, and it explodes, and all of that, and he is replaced with an Exilian. Well, then, towards the end of the film, he, as well as two other characters that were replaced with Exilians, they come back and they're like, "Oh, Mr. Secretary, like you're alive and this and that." And they come up to him and they're like, "Like, how, like, how was this possible? Like, where have you been?" And all that. And his exact words were, "I'm not sure. I survived somehow, or I escaped somehow." And that's it. That's the explanation. Like, you know, like, it's explaining something without explaining something. Because whenever you first see him, you're like, okay, how in the heck is he here right now? He was literally on the plane. Something hit the plane. It blew up. Like, was he teleported out? Like, or, you know, like, we, we don't get it. What in the world? Because even he doesn't know, apparently. Because whenever they're like, how is this possible? He's like, I managed to escape Somehow. So even he doesn't know how he escaped. Like, you know, and I was just like, whatever, God, whenever I saw that part, like, it had been a long time since I've seen this movie, like I said, and I forgot about that particular line. And whenever I saw the, like, I escaped somehow, I was like, go figure you escaped somehow. Tell us how, like, what happened? You know, like, it just, it made no sense to me, but you know, whatever. Um, Yep love-hate relationship with this movie there are parts of it I really 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 enjoy other parts of it to where I'm like what the heck were y'all thinking and I don't care for certain aspects of the movie but I absolutely love other parts of the movie some standout scenes to me are uh Gigan's first appearance whenever he first wakes up and all of that and the music that's going along with it getting to see this brand new morse slick, lean design for Gigan, like, it's easily the most, the best-looking Gigan that we've seen so far in any, any version of Gigan that we've had, um, you know, Godzilla, like, whenever Gigan goes to Antarctica, and they release Godzilla, and his atomic breath just blows out of the ice, and all that kind of stuff, and he just wrecks Gigan, like, Gigan's nothing, um, Whenever Monster X is coming down and Godzilla like plant, like you see him stomp his feet, lays his tail down, like planting himself. Like he's about to release like a freaking, an atomic breath beam that would make Goku say, what the heck is my Kamehameha wave? You know, like, I mean, he just fires that thing up there. Like that was a really cool scene. Like there, ah man, (laughs) like there are certain scenes that I love in this movie. There are certain battle scenes that I love in this movie, like um, Zilla, seeing Zilla get uh, get wrecked. It hurts my heart because I genuinely like Zilla as a kaiju. Um, I've told you guys before, I'm a big fan of the 1998 Godzilla. I don't care what anybody says. Um, yeah, so it kind of hurts my heart that he dispatched Zilla as quickly as he did And, you know, then they throw in the line of dialogue, like, I knew that tuna-eaten monster was useless, or uh, that tuna head was useless, or, you know, whatever he called him. But, uh, yeah, pretty much calling him useless and all of that. The creator and design of Zilla uh, for the 1998 film, where he did not view that as an insult at all. He openly stated, like, it was an honor that his creature, his design, was actually featured in an official, like, live-action Toho Godzilla film, so he viewed it as a compliment, but, you know, yeah, the, it's, I don't want to call it a great movie, but I don't want to call it a bad movie either, more power to people that really enjoy it, um, and I'm not alone, this film very much, like, it very much split the fan base whenever it came out, because there were some people that was, like, you know, Uh, I've got a, a friend he's a former friend he swore up and down that Final Wars was like not only the best Godzilla film but it was like one of the greatest movies ever made and he and I would argue about this film like there's no tomorrow and all that kind of stuff like he would sit there he was one of those guys that like Godzilla is best Godzilla is more powerful nothing can defeat him and you know that his argument was pretty much based solely upon the fact of like, because he's Godzilla. And so he loved whenever Godzilla was pretty much just going from city to city and wrecking the monsters with little to no effort. But then there are people like me. That's like, I didn't want to see Godzilla wreck the monsters with very little to no effort. I actually wanted to see fights. Like I wanted to see him like have a decent battle or a decent brawl with all the monsters And it didn't have to be one at a time, you know, he went up against King Caesar, Rodan, and Anguirus all at the same time, and he did not kill them, and that's mainly because, like, in the Showa era, those monsters, at one time or another, had been his allies, and so they were viewed more, like, as his friends, and it's kind of weird, like, as I was watching it, and the scene shows up whenever Godzilla and Anguirus meet, uh, for the first time, and they kind of have, like, a standoff, and they're kind of like roaring at each other almost as if they're talking to one another because in the Showa era they were you know and Gears is pretty much unofficially considered Godzilla's best friend and so you didn't know if it was kind of a thing of like they were kind of communicating and Godzilla's like what the heck are you doing like why why are you trying to fight me like you you and me are supposed to be cool with each other and then like Rodan and King Caesar shows up and like what the heck are y'all doing? Like, I'm suppo- we're all supposed to be friends or something. And Godzilla ends up having to throw down with them. But he doesn't have a standoff with King Caesar and Rodan. And so I don't know if the little miniature standoff that he has with Angiris is a nod to their past friendship in the Showa era, or if it's because it was kind of like a, a legacy kind of thing in which Anguirus was Godzilla's very first opponent that he ever went up against as far as Kaiju were concerned um, in Godzilla's second appearance, Godzilla raids again, or gigantus fire monster. Um, there's an insult towards Gamera in this film. A lot of people consider it an insult towards Gamera in which the little kid that looks way too old to be playing the type of kid that he is. I mean, this kid looks like he's 11, 12 years old or something. And like, he's got chocolate around his mouth and playing with toys and all of that kind of stuff. And like, every time I see that scene, I'm like, they could have gotten, they should have gotten a younger kid to play that role because it just looks off with a kid that old playing that particular role. But he's playing with a lot of kaiju toys. And at one point he picks up this very turtle looking toy looks at it, calls it a loser, and throws it into the fireplace. Like, mm, you know, like, come on. Like, you're not fooling anybody, Toho. We we know what you just did. So, but yeah, so that, that's pretty much my take on the movie. So, uh, Zilla Gamer, uh my little Irish friend, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, If I didn't cover something that you really wish I would have covered or something like that, you know, just either you or your dad can reach out to me and I can talk about something else or something like that, you know, throw in the kind of stuff that you wanted to know about or that you wanted to learn about or something like that. Uh, You know, I don't know. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, Officially, happy birthday, my friend. I hope you have a good day. I hope you enjoyed the episode and all of that. And uh yeah, so there it is, Godzilla Final Wars. So, moving on, next week at the at the time of this recording, next Saturday, I'm going to be tackling the final Gamera film of the Showa era, notoriously known as the worst Gamera film that's ever been made. It's also considered not just the worst Gamera film, but one of the worst films, period, that's ever been made, and that is Gamera Super Monster and after I do Gamera Super Monster a couple of weeks down the road I will be doing very similar what I did with uh, Godzilla like Showa era the rise and fall of Godzilla I'll do the same thing with Gamera and then eventually I'll jump into the Heisei era of Gamera films and of course we are always waiting wanting hoping wishing and whatever other word that you want to to have that we will get a new Gamera film one day in the future, and I hope that you know it. The the only chance that we pretty much have to having an official throwdown between um Godzilla and Gamera is if Legendary can lease uh Gamera from its parent company to bring Gamera into the monsterverse, and we could hopefully get Gamera versus Godzilla. We may even get Kong versus Gamera or something like that. But nonetheless, I would love to see Gamera make an appearance in the Monsterverse. Uh, check me out on any of my social medias. On Facebook, I'm Kaiju Carnage, a Godzilla slash King Kong podcast. i also have a Godzilla Ultima fan page on there. And then on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, I am Cal the Kaiju Guy. Go check out my TikTok again, Cal the Kaiju Guy. I just recently posted a new poll that i'm doing it's uh the original mecha godzilla up against mecha godzilla 2 from the heisei era it's just a little popularity contest and all of that and it's the poll of the week and i will be announcing the winner of that poll uh this wednesday on the weekly kaiju havoc and the next poll will be uh whatever whoever wins out of that out of uh that one, or maybe I'll just do uh, two separate ones. Basically, it's the Battle of the Mecha Godzilla's that I'm doing uh, for the next couple of weeks and all that to determine who is the most popular. Uh, what is the most popular version of Mecha Godzilla? So, all right, guys, uh, i got some new collectibles coming, uh, some things that I pre-ordered, some things that I special ordered, and all of that. I'll talk about all of that. Come. Uh, Wednesday for the Weekly Kaiju Havoc and I've got some new figures in my possession. I'm going to be doing some unboxings so please be sure to go check out the YouTube and all of that. I would very much appreciate it. Even if you don't really like watch the videos or anything please just hit that subscribe button and all of that. The more subscribers I have the better chance the algorithm will pick up my channel to get other people to be able to watch it and all of that kind of stuff. It always helps for exposure so and it's been a while since I've asked for this, but if you haven't yet gone to like Apple Podcasts or whatever platform it is that you listen to the show on, please go and rate it and leave a review because same thing, the the higher ratings and the better reviews that a podcast has, whenever people go to search for a Kaiju-centered podcast, mine could potentially be one of the top ones that pop up on searches and all of that kind of stuff to bring in new members, like new audiences, new listeners and all of that kind of stuff. So I would very much appreciate it. So, all right, guys, we'll catch you on next week for Gamera Super Monster and hope you all have a good day. Zilla Gamer, happy birthday. Once again, hope you have a good day and all of that kind of stuff. We will catch you on next time. This is Cal the Kaiju Guy signing out.